Amen. Thank you. Open your Bibles to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. While you're turning there, let me say, praise the Lord for 70 days. Praise, praise the Lord for 70 days. Uh, can you imagine 70 days? God's been faithful. 70 days. Uh, we've heard from him in his word. 70 days together. Uh, what an awesome blessing that is for 70 days. When I decided I was going to do this, I was thinking about it. I had a di couple different people that said, why don't you just do 30 days? Why don't you just do 30 days? Here's the deal. We're going to do 30 days. We're going to do 70 first, then we're going to do 30 days. And so we're looking forward to the 30 days that are ahead. Praise the Lord for his faithfulness in 70 days. Uh, one of the things that I have become convinced of and therefore have been saying over the course of my ministry is that Jesus is coming again very soon. We are living in the last days just before the rapture of the church. I believe that. I believe the Bible points us to that truth. I believe the signs all around us are adding up. And I believe it is very soon for Jesus to come for his church. And that means, listen tonight, we have a duty and we have the opportunity to be the church that is standing when Jesus comes. Can you imagine that? We have the opportunity, we have the duty to actually be the church that is standing when Jesus comes. That is an awesome thing. That is a marvelous thing. Um, I believe, listen tonight, I believe if you want to do something that matters, uh, I believe if you want to, to, to uh, live a life to take up a cause of significance, I believe if you want to, to bring glory to Jesus, this is the best time to live in the church. And I believe that these are the best days to live in the church of Jesus Christ. However, it is also terrifying. I believe also, and the Bible tells us this, that Satan is going to fight in these days with all that he has. Uh, he did come to steal and to kill and to destroy. He wants to leave a, a pile of wreckage, and he knows time is running out. Now, thinking about that, I wrote down four keys to being an end-time believer. Four keys to being an impactful end-time believer. Here's, here's what I wrote down. To be an impactful end-time believer, you will have to have a true knowledge of Jesus, that's going to have to be settled. You're going to have to have a deep understanding of the gospel. You're going to have to have a radical commitment to both. You're going to have to have a radical commitment to, bo to both, and you're going to have to have an uncompromising resolve to stand. And let me say that again. If you're going to be an impactful end-time believer, which we have the opportunity to do, you're going to have to have a true knowledge of Jesus. You're going to have to have a deep understanding of the gospel. You're going to have to have a radical commitment to both. And you're going to need, you're going to have to have an uncompromising resolve to stand. Well, tonight in our verses, we're going to see why the fourth one. Our message tonight is entitled, Haters Gonna Hate. Haters Gonna Hate. Tonight we're in John chapter 15, verses 18 through 27. John chapter 15, verses 18 
through 27. Jesus is speaking. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. Beginning in verse 18, going to the conclusion of the chapter. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know the one who sent me. Verse 22, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sinned. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sinned. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father as well. But they have done this to fulfill the word that is written in their law. They hated me without cause. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, that is the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. Verse 27, and you will testify also because you have been with me from the beginning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come tonight. We're thankful for you. We praise you. We worship you. We're thankful for 70 nights. 70 nights to hear your truth. 70 nights that, that you've spoken to us. Lord, we praise you, we worship you for that. Lord, I pray as we enter into these last 30 nights, I pray, Lord, that you would move. I pray that you would work. I pray that it would be unprecedented. I pray that it would be exceedingly abundantly more than we would ask or think. And I pray that it all would be for the glory of our Savior, Jesus. Lord, I, I do pray that you would glorify yourself. Use us, let us see it, let us be part of it. We're thankful for that opportunity. Lord, I pray now tonight that you would speak in your word. I know you will. I pray, Lord, that you would convict us, lead us, encourage us, and prepare us for the task that is at hand. And again, we come tonight and we pray if there's somebody that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray on this Friday night, on this 70th night, that they would hear of the good news of the grace of God shown through a, a Savior, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would move again and it would be for your glory. Lord, we give all this to you and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right, we're gonna go very quickly back to our verses tonight. Remember the context. Jesus, we find him, is walking with the disciples between the upper room, that's the end of chapter 14, and the garden of Gethsemane. He's gonna get there at the start of chapter 18. And we find them making the journey. We find them walking during the course of the evening, the night. As they go, there is this circular conversation. Really, it's, it's just Jesus speaking. Uh, it seems like there's one thought, and then it seems that that one thought leads to another thought. But we need to be sure tonight, each word, each thought, however, are not just random. They're not some version of small talk, just to pass the time. No, each word is deliberately weighed against the fleeting window of time 
that Jesus has left to shape his disciples. These are the last opportunities he will have before the cross. And each word is deliberate that he speaks. Very shortly, he will be arrested and he'll be handed over for crucifixion. Last night, if you remember, we left off with Jesus' command in verse 17 that you love one another. His command to them uh, for the disciples um, amongst themselves is that you would love one another. And that's where we're going to pick up tonight in verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. As they go along, as they travel, Jesus informs these disciples as they're making their way through the darkness of night, he he informs them that as his followers and taking up his cause, that they will have to deal with hatred, with exclusion, with slander, with rejection, and with outright persecution. That is the truth. That is the reality. That's what he tells them. Tonight, I want you also to be warned, if you follow Christ, and if you take up his cause, you will have to deal with hatred, exclusion, slander, rejection, and outright persecution. That is the reality if you decide to seriously follow Jesus Christ. Jesus says here, if the world hates you, if the world hates you. Now, now here's something I want us to see. The word for world here is the exact same Greek word for world in John chapter 3, verse 16. The word cosmos, cosmos, cosmos. For God so loves the world is the exact same world that hates Jesus. It's the exact same word. If if our mark, if our distinguishing mark is love, understand tonight the world's mark is hatred. And be sure tonight, wherever you find hatred, wherever you find division and slander and jealousy, if you find hatred, you're in the world. Those are the marks of the world. The world is known for hatred. Well, Jesus says here, if the world hates you, you know it hated me before it hated you. Friends, I want you to understand this. This is a big deal. The issue is Jesus. We we can sit here and say, well, I don't understand, and I can't figure this out, and maybe it's about this, and maybe it's about that. Listen to me tonight. The issue is Jesus. The world hates Jesus. The world has always hated Jesus. The world still hates Jesus. Now, let me tell you why. Satan hates Jesus. Satan hates that Jesus came. Satan hates the people of Jesus. And so his people, Satan's people in the world follow suit and the world also hates Jesus. Folks, be sure, standing in the world in the last days, we are standing today in a world that hates Jesus. It has always hated Jesus. It still hates Jesus. The day we're living in, do not be confused, it hates Jesus. 
So Jesus says here, so if you so associate with him, if you're so known to be tied to him, you'll be hated as well. You'll be hated also. I remember about eight years ago, seven, eight, nine years ago, it runs together. I remember several years back, uh, some things happened and they were pretty tough and some other things happened and they were, they were pretty tough and it was, it was tough stuff and I, I was worried about it. I was wondering about it. Uh, what is going on? Hey, we're preaching the gospel. We're doing good things. Why are these things happening? And I was worried about it and I called my pastor friend. And here's what he said. He didn't flinch. He said, yes, that's normal. He said, you have an X on your back. And Satan has marked you. And as long as you're going to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're going to keep an X on your back. And so don't act like we don't understand what's going on. You are marked by Satan. He said this. It's not going to get any better. You want to know what's happening? That's what's happening. When you took up the cause of the gospel, you became marked by Satan. I remember getting off the phone and thinking, well, I feel better now. I understand what this is about. And Carrie said, that makes you feel better? <laughs> Satan has put an X on your back. That makes you feel better? Let me tell you something tonight. In-day believers, listen to me. In-day believers, if we're going to be hated for something, praise the Lord that it would be Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord that it would be Jesus Christ. Verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. <laughs> but because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Jesus chose these disciples. He chose them for their service. Remember last night, he chose them to go. He chose them to bear fruit and fruit that would last. He says, because they follow him, because they serve him, the world hates them. In verse 18, we see the world hates Jesus. In verse 19, we see the world hates believers. Now, I want you to go ahead and write that down tonight. In case we start thinking otherwise, in case we start thinking the world, well, the world seems all right. If we start thinking, well, the world is sympathetic to us. Sometimes I hear folks, well, the world seems sympathetic to us or the world, it's busy doing its own thing. The world is neutral to us. Listen, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, the world hates you. Jesus tells us the flip side. But if you were of the world, the world would love you. That's what he says in the verse. Because the world loves its own. Now get this. This is straight talk from Jesus. The world loves worldly people. And that's the truth of Scripture. That's what Jesus says here. As they walk along, the world loves 
worldly people. And so listen to me today, listen to me tonight. If the world loves you, if the world exalts you, if the world can't get enough of you, it's because, and I didn't say it, Jesus said it, you must look a whole lot like the world. It loves its own. Here's the problem tonight. We want both. We want both. We, we want to walk along with Jesus. We say we do, but we want, sure want the praise of the world. I'd like to have the acclaim of the world. I stumble around for that. We say we'd like to walk with Jesus. We, we say that we would, but we sure like the things of the world. The world loves worldly people. Be sure of this, and it's not for condemnation tonight. It's a good thing. Be sure of this. Christ's followers should be distinctly, drastically, demonstrably different than the world. We should be. We, we, we hear that and we say, oh, oh, there goes our fun. We're supposed to be different from the world. Oh, oh, there goes our freedom. Let me tell you what the things of the world are. The things of the world are hate, gossip, slander, backstabbing, trouble, disobedient to parents, chaos, pain, suffering, and death. Listen, as followers of Christ, we are to be, listen, joyfully unlike the world. We ought to walk around and say, hey, we're not like the world. We ought to be joyfully not like the world. We need to start saying that. We, we want to be joyfully not like the world. In Christ's power, in the leading of the word of God, my goal is to be joyfully not like the world. Well, you're a, you're a square peg in a round hole world. Praise the Lord. We ought to be joyfully unlike the world. You don't seem to fit in here anymore. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you something while I'm on the subject. We ought to raise kids... And we ought to start very, very soon, very early. We ought to raise kids that are weirdly, joyfully not like the world. Well, everybody else is doing that. Oh, I'm sorry. My kids are weird and they're joyful and they're not like the world. We ought to raise kids that do not fit in. That ought to be, ought to be our goal. You know why? Because the world loves worldly people. And we ought not match the system of the world that we exist in. Verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Now remember back in chapter 13 in the, the foot washing episode, he, he says that at that event, the slave is not better than the master. Now, in the context, he's saying the slave's not better than the master. They're not too high to serve in humility. And if the master serves in humility, that was the example, then you're not better than the master. You also can serve in humility. If the master serves in humility, so ought the slave. Well, now he says, you remember when I said that? He revisits it. Slaves are not better than the master, so the slave, here's his new twist, cannot expect better treatment than Jesus. That's what he means. Here's a question tonight. Why do we think it's going to be better for us than Jesus? 
I, I thought about that. I don't know why. Well, we live, we live a, a greater distance from the cross? No. Well, we have better stuff. We have things to protect ourselves. Why do you think it's going to be any better for us than it was for Jesus? He says, if they persecuted me, here's what Jesus says, they will also persecute you. The Greek word for persecute means to hunt down, to aggressively chase with the intent to harm or capture. If the world has persecuted me, Jesus says, you can be sure you're not any better than I am. The world will persecute you. Then he says, if they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Uh, most likely a better translation, the best translation of that is, if they had kept my word, if they heeded my word, they would heed your word as well. Verse 21. But, they're not going to, but all these things they will do to you for my name's sake because they do not know the one who sent me. My name's sake, it translates, we've seen this before, on my behalf. He says, they will do these things to you on my behalf. They will do these things to you on account of me. And then he says, because they do not know the one who sent me. Why do they do this? Here's the bottom line. They do not know God. That's the bottom line. They don't know God. Well, they may pretend it. They may have religious titles. They may be high in the religious system. The reason they do these things, they do not know God. That's what Jesus says. Matthew 5.11, Jesus says, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Same thing. Matthew chapter 24, verse 9. And they, then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. There it is again, for his name's sake. Remember the fate of these disciples? These are the ones that are walking with him at this night. Remember the fate of these disciples from last night? Remember the fourth step? We will have to have an uncompromising resolve to stand. That's the why but I want to show you the real issue. They do not know who God is. That's the why. But I want to show you the real issue. Moving to verse 22. Jesus says, If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Now, verse 22 seems very strange. But what it, what it means is Jesus is coming confronted them with their sin. When Jesus comes, it confronts them of their sin. Now it's talking about their general sin, all of their sins, but now added to that is the specific sin of their unbelief. He came, he preached who he was, they heard it, they rejected it, and so you can now add to their general sin the specific sin of unbelief. He says, if I had not come, they would have been able to go on unconfronted. 
They would have been able to go on unruffled, unbothered in their sin. But now they know I have come, I have spoken, and they have no excuse for their sin. Let me tell you the bottom line. The bottom line is people like sin. People love sin. Remember at the start of this gospel, he says, They like the darkness. They like the deeds of the darkness. It's because they love sin. You know, that's the crazy thing about this world. Just like a moth that flies to a flame, and when it gets there, it burns it, singes it, and kills it, just like that, the world runs to sin. And and that sin, it will hurt, and it will kill, and it makes no sense. I can't understand that. That's the way of the world. Doesn't matter how much grief, doesn't matter how much trouble, doesn't matter how much chaos, it doesn't matter how much guilt that's heaped on us, the world runs right back to sin. I'm going to be honest with you. The world hates Jesus. Now, they don't know who God is. We see that, yes. But they hate Jesus because he confronts them with their sin. And loving their sin, one of them has got to go. Either their sin has to go or Jesus has to go. Well, they love their sin and they love him more than Jesus. So it's Jesus that loses out. And so Jesus comes and just his coming confronts them of their sin. And now we've got a decision to make and Jesus has to go. Friends, I want, I, want, I want you to see something. That is the exact same as it is with the world right now today. You see, when a person decides not to be like the world and decides to live like Jesus, you convict the world that has decided not to. I want you to hear that again. When a person decides not to live like the world, and when a person decides to live like Jesus, that person convicts the world that has decided not to. And so what happens is somebody says, you know what, I'm going to honor Christ. I'm going to live according to his world. word. I'm going to take steps of obedience. And the world starts to say, boy, you're arrogant. Boy, you're stuck up. Look at you. You're a hypocrite. We know you're not like that. You're sure a fraud. And when that doesn't work, and it doesn't, and when that doesn't work, they start to make up lies. They start to say, well, they did this, and I saw their car over there, and I did this, and they they start to make up lies. They start to slander. They start to say things that aren't true. Isn't that the pattern of Jesus? The first thing we'll do is we'll say, you know what? He's stuck up. He's a hypocrite. Then they'll start to make up lies that are falsely assigned to him. And then here's the last step and then one of them has to go. Either they do in their sin or he does. And so guess what? He goes to the cross. I don't tell you it's the same today for us. If you decide to live for Jesus Christ, if you decide to walk in obedience, the first thing that the world's going to do is say, you're a liar, you're a hypocrite, you're not going to do that. The second thing it's going to do, it's going to start to say, well, let me tell you some things about them. It's going to start to slander and lie. And the third thing is, one of you's got to go, and it's going to be you. You're going to go. Now listen to me. If you don't believe that, 
Try it. Try it. You start to say, you know what, I'm going to change the way I talk. And this language I've been using doesn't honor Christ. You start to change the way you talk. And you start to change the places you go. You know what, it doesn't honor Christ. And you start to change the places you go. And you start to live in line with the book, the, the Bible, the Word of God. And you watch what happens. I promise you, you watch what happens. Verse 23. He who hates me hates my father also. Jesus continues, he who hates me hates my father also. Verse 23. These people had found a way to separate God from Jesus. And that's what their system allowed them to do. They, we, we love God. We love the Father. We're, we're the Jews, but it's Jesus we can't follow. It's Jesus we cannot buy. Well, Jesus says the truth is, if they hate him, they hate the Father. Let me tell you, we have a similar version of that today. People come along today and they say, you know what? I'm religious. I'm religious. I'm spiritual. I'm a spiritual person. We're just not into all the things about Jesus. And folks say that, you know what, I, I'm a spiritual person and I, I do these things, but I'm just not into all that stuff about doctrine. Listen, there's only one way to God. And there's only one way to be spiritual, and that's to be spiritually alive through faith in Jesus Christ. There's only one way, and the way is Jesus. They tried to separate the two. Verse 24. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sinned. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father as well. Verse 24, it's the same thing. The problem is they love their sin. And now he's shown up and he says, I, I, I showed up and, and I've done these miracles and I've told them I'm the Christ, I'm the Messiah. And they've heard the truth and they have rejected it. Verse 24 says this, they have no excuse. They heard the message of Christ. They heard the truth of the gospel. They saw the signs that were confirming it. They have no excuse. How strange to think about that. Can you imagine standing before God? Can you imagine standing before Jesus? And his grace is infinite. And his love is unimaginable. And mercy, he had mercy on top of mercy. It was new every morning. And here you stand in your rejection, and you have no excuse. That's what he says. They have no excuse. Verse 25. But they have done this to fulfill the word that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Now, verse 25 has a quotation from Psalm 35, verse 19, and Psalm 69, verse 4. I think there's an interesting thing in verse 25. But they have done this to fulfill the word, those two psalms, that is written in their law. Notice it says their law. I think it's interesting Jesus says that. You see, it was his law. He's God. He gave the law, but they had made it their law. And so Jesus says, even their law convicts them. Even their law leaves them with no excuse. All right, here's the question. So what do we do? 
So what do we do? It is promised that we'll be hated. It is promised that we will be persecuted. God tells us it's going to be as sure as day. He says not just here, but in a lot of other places, we can expect it. We're going to be persecuted. We're going to be hated. So what do we do? Listen to me. What do we do? That's what he says. What are we to do? Do we go up in the mountains? Do we lock the gate? Do we go to a monastery? A whole bunch have. Do we build a Vatican City and put a wall around it? What do we do? No, these people do not know God. These people are stuck in their sin. These people are suffering and they're lost and they need a Savior. Here's what we do, verse 26. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will testify about me. Verse 26, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit is coming. For them, it would be at Pentecost. For us, it happens at salvation. And it says, and he will testify about Jesus. Verse 27, and you will testify also because you have been with me from the beginning. Jesus says in verse 27, you've been with me from the beginning, you know the truth, and so filled with the testifying Holy Spirit of God, you will also testify. You will also testify. Oh, listen to me this evening. There's a there's an entire sermon right there, but I want you to see this. When we testify, It is as a co-worker, it is as a co-laborer with the Holy Spirit of God. It says he is testifying, and it says when we testify, we will be testifying also. We are co-laborers in testifying with the Holy Spirit of God. And so listen to me, if you want to see something awesome, if you want to be part of something awesome, if you want to be empowered by God, you testify in the world to the same of the world. His name is Jesus. The same world he loves, John chapter 3, is the same world that hates, John chapter 15, is the same world to which we testify. Do you see his grace in all of that? I want you to think about that. Do you see his grace in all of that? The same world he loves is the same world that hates is the same world to which we testify. Oh, what a gracious Savior we have. Let me tell you this. I've been waiting to say this for 70 nights. So let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's this world. It's this world that needs a Savior. It's this world that's in darkness. It's this world that needs hope. I I read these verses and I hear, I hear, I see these these disciples as they walk along and he says, listen, they're going to hate you. They're going to persecute you, but you're going to be filled with the testifying spirit of a holy God and this world, the same world that I so love, the same world that hates you, you're to testify to that world. I say, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. They don't know what waits ahead of them. But I wonder if they knew what they would say. 
would they say, you know, we need to be careful. We, need, we, ought, to, we, ought, to, we ought to be careful. Maybe we ought to go hide for a while. I wonder if they say, well, we, we, need, to, we need to be sure and guard this gospel. If, if we die, it dies with us. I wonder if they would say, you know what, we, we, we need to try to get to be a, a hundred years old. And we'll get a bunch of chariots. We'll get a bunch of stuff. We'll get some nice houses. Or I wonder if they did what we see they did. They said, you know what, we're all in. There is a Savior. There's a world that needs him. Let's go. Let's go. Let's pray. During Father, we come tonight. We're thankful for your good news. We're thankful that it's worth being hated over. We're thankful that it's worth being persecuted over. We're thankful, Lord, that you died to, to secure it for us, to give it to us. Lord, I pray as we read these verses tonight that we be encouraged. I pray that we be committed. I pray that we be faithful. I pray that we be bold. And I pray that we would know this same world that hates us tonight is the same world you died for. Is the same world that we're to carry this gospel to. Lord, help us as the church to be faithful. Lord, I pray for some that are hearing tonight that do not know you. That do not know your grace. That do not know your kindness. They don't know you because they don't know Jesus. Lord, I pray in the hearing of the gospel tonight they would turn to you and they would trust you. They would receive you in faith. Lord, I pray that the response tonight and all the different ways, the shapes it may take would bring glory to you. Lord, we're thankful for tonight. We're thankful for this message. We're thankful for your word. And I pray now that you'd move through it. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna close tonight with a time of response. And what an, what an awesome time it is that we have a gracious Savior, Jesus, who calls us to respond. He doesn't come along and say, you know what, you've messed up and I've written you off. He doesn't come along and say, here's a set of scales. Let's see what you can do if you can tip them. He comes along and says, you know what, I've paid for it already. It is settled in me. If you'll receive me in faith, I will save you. I will forgive you. Listen, our gospel stands tonight. Our good news stands tonight. If you're here and you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you'll turn to him, Trusting him is the remedy for your sin, admitting your sin, knowing he paid the penalty for it. If you'll turn to him, repenting, turning from your sin and trusting him in faith. The Bible says this, you shall be saved. If you'll do it, you are saved. If you've never trusted Jesus, do it tonight. Turn to him tonight. If you're here and you've trusted Christ that you've never fought in believer's baptism, it's an important thing to say, you know what, we're going to give you an opportunity as well to, to come and to, to have that testimony stand in your life in obedience to what Christ said. So you come in a moment as well. We'll set a date. It'll be a great day of celebration. Maybe you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God has led you here. You come as well. And together we'll serve as his people for his cause, for his glory. Maybe tonight on a Friday night on this 70th night, you want to come pray to an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Maybe you want to come pray for this effort, for these last 30 days. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about or move for an exit, that you'd pray for those that are making decisions. We'll be done in just a second. As we stand to sing, if God has spoken to you, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here.